podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all damn thing there, keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. podcast, 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 podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Hashtag Disnobis Podcast. Make sure if you're enjoying the podcast, share it on your IG. I'm pretty sure on SoundCloud and Spotify, at least you can share it straight to IG stories. Let the streets know what you're listening to. You might be able to do that on Apple Podcasts. I know they just updated that for Apple Music, finally. They're a bit behind. So let the streets know, or even just a tweet with the hashtag Dysonomics. Just to let the people know that, yeah, this podcast is all right. Spread the good news, spread the word, spread the gospel on that. Also, make sure you check out Dysonomics for the Patreon.com forward slash Dysonomics. There's going to be more and more content on there coming from this week. It's been a hectic few weeks with I've been moving and traveling and all that type of stuff. But you're going to see more and more content there. So, written, I think I'm going to record them on the exclusive pods this week and some visuals. So, look out for that coming soon. And yeah, so you can also Patreon's app, you can download it. There's three different packages of £4 a month, which is literally a six nuggets meal and chips. There's an £8 one and there's a £12 one. So if you enjoy the content that you're receiving from Dysonomics, if you want to help, if you want to be a part of the growth of Dysonomics, like jump on the young page and you get me. Right. So yeah, that's it. This week, unfortunately, COVID is a topic again because there has been some updates, there has been some developments with COVID. Those who listened last week, um, you um, heard the COVID updates regarding the change in the rules. So I might quickly run through that again, just in case people aren't aware as of yet, but people really felt it because it hit um, the Thursday that just passed. Um, there, you, you're no longer able to meet people from a different households and social groups in more than six. And, and this is inclusive for indoor and outdoor spaces. And of course, Boris also said, yeah, this is including for restaurants as well. There have to be groups of six. And if you aren't in groups of six in a restaurant, so let's say a restaurant takes a booking of more than six, they can be fined. Yes, fined. So the rules of engagement have unfortunately changed and the streets have not been happy about it. The 10 p.m. rule, obviously, if you are holding events or used to going out and stuff like that, it has definitely, definitely hampered you. So, um... There's no more indoor team sports in larger groups than six. So if you weren't trying to do like a futsal or badminton or what else do people play indoors? Netball, basketball. So unfortunately, my friends, it's now free on free now. At least it's not a complete utter ban, but it's now free on free. There's no talk about gyms as of yet because gyms should be social distancing regardless. But yeah, there's no more five on five indoor football or basketball. So sorry for that. It's free v free back to NBA 2K Street or Jogo Benito times. Also, um, regarding potential fines, it is not easy. It is not easy at all. Like, there could be a £10,000 fine for for people who don't quarantine now. And this could also be applied for businesses who don't follow the new rules. 
so yeah like you can hold a 10 rack fine you don't really want that there's also a 200 so there's also 200 pound fine and this has been doubled from the previous fine for breaking the rule of six so if you're not in a let's say i don't know you're in a young hyde park with 12 people you could be potentially fined 200 pounds each for breaking the rule of six which is you can't be in groups larger than six and you could also be fined uh, £200 for not wearing a mask in places that you're meant to wear a mask. And that is um, places like public transport, um, supermarkets, etc. Of course, the government has also replaced, um, uh, you know, get back to work. Do you know what I mean? If it's safe and try to take the... Try to take the um, try to walk or cycle to work if possible to... Yo, get your ass back at home, indoors, work from homes. Um, pubs, restaurants and bars are to be closed by 10pm. They'll be only allowed to offer table service by law. So you can't even go up. So I'm not sure how Vapiano's doing this because you can't, <laughs> you're meant to go up to Vaps and go up to, um, and then Nando's is what you're meant to go up to till to order your food. So I'm not sure that's going to run. Um, tables of, tables of six more, you can't even book one of six as I think I mentioned earlier. So that's a bit annoying. Um, sometimes my friends like to do like a big link up so that's not really going to slap for us and of course uh, the day parties that's not going to be slap for the day parties people like to mingle and be in big groups do you know what I mean so yeah the streets especially the babes have been complaining about the 10pm because you know the girls like a young fine dine or cheeky cocktails and drinks or whatever and I think I saw a young lady tweets there I forgot her name so I can't even shout her out unfortunately but she's like the 10pm curfew essentially on restaurants and bars in London it just isn't London it just doesn't feel the same because more time people get to restaurant around half eight, nine-ish, you get. So to be out by 10 was kind of, it's kind of crazy. And when I was abroad a couple of weeks ago in Mykonos, we went to a bar coming in with a bar's claws. And we got there fairly late-ish, let's say half 10, maybe potentially 10.45. And their curfew was 12. So you're just catching a vibe. People have ordered their shishas, ordering their cocktails and their drinks or whatever. And then boom, 12 is lock off. And you just feel like you're just starting to get warmed up in terms of enjoying and conversating with your friends and listening to the music and whatever, taking your pics or whatever. So it's definitely going to be a big change for London, the city that doesn't tend, to, that doesn't really sleep. So that's all. That's all a bit mad. So that was earlier in the week. Now, quite recently, on the 23rd of September, Rishi Sunak spoke um, to, to the MPs and gave them what he described as his... Um, winter economic plan. So, on that day, another key development is that the NHS Track and Trace app has finally been launched in England and Wales. Remember, I spoke about that a few months ago, and they they trialed in the Isle of Wight. They didn't really talk about it too much, and that's because the trial wasn't really slapping, and it was working fine on Android, but due to some of the stuff with Apple devices, it wasn't really slapping. So they had to work with Apple to sort it out and now it's been sorted. So essentially how this app works, so the app is available on the Google on the Google store, whatever it's called, on the app store. And how it works essentially is this. So let's say me and you, the listeners, we all have the NSS Track and Trace app. We have our Bluetooth on. We probably have it on anyway because of our Bluetooth speakers, I mean, Bluetooth headphones. And so what happens, so, so let's say I pass uh, I don't know. Let me pick out a friend. Okay, Bola. So let's say I'm walking. Part, I meet Bola at WeWork to do some work. Yeah. So I've come in fairly close contact with Bola. As soon as I come within the distance required, my phone and Bola's phone via Bluetooth make a Bluetooth handshake. So the app is basically saying, "Yo, you've come into contact with this person, and we're gonna store this data for I think 28 days, if I can remember correctly, 28 or 21 days." And why this is important is that 
this happens all the time. Every time you walk past somebody, you're creating beauty handshake, unique handshakes, unique to the two individuals come into um, come into contact. Why is important? And let's say I was to unfortunately get COVID, all the people I've had a had contact with in the last 14, 28 days, I can't remember the top of my head, will be notified because we've made a Bluetooth handshake via the app. And they'll be notified to self-isolate or maybe go and get tested. So why this is a good thing is that people who get COVID and have come into contact, the people they've been come into contact with can preliminarily self-isolate or get tested to make, to kind of contain the virus instead of them going out spreading it. So imagine we had this app from the jump. It would have been a lot easier to contain and kind of monitor and understand where the virus is currently located. Before they were doing um, track and trace uh, manually when people who were tested positive were to get their contacts um, details taken and and the details of people that have been in close proximity within the last two weeks and the NHS t- um, teams were calling these people up manually. And that's why when you go to certain restaurants and bars or hotels now, they are taking your details also manually to continue in a similar vein. So that was one of the things that came out this week. It's just unfortunately several months too late in my personal opinion. Now, back to the Chancellor. So the Chancellor Rishi Sunak, so that's the man with the LV pouch full of the money. He came out to talk about his job support scheme. And the job support scheme is actually different from the job um, retention scheme. The job retention scheme is what we know as furlough. So this is when initially the government was like, yo, to keep keep these people on your payroll, they don't even have to work, but we will pay up to 80% of their wages up to a certain threshold. So people were at home potentially, but at least the government was still subsidizing their wages to a certain degree. And by month by month, it started to drop. So I think the job retention scheme actually ends at the end of October. And that will be, and once it ends, the government at that point will be paying up to 60% of uh, of a um, employee's potential wages. So that's a job retention scheme, which costs, of course, a lot of money because you're propping up um, a lot of staff's wages to a significant manner. The job um, support scheme is slightly different. And this is part of, um, as I mentioned earlier, Rishi Sunat's winter economic plan. And this is to essentially top up the pay of people who can only work part-time now due to pandemic. So now due to the pandemic, obviously certain businesses have been closed, businesses are not as booming as much, there's certain restrictions so people can't come in as much. Businesses naturally have pivoted and like, okay, cool, we, we don't have, we can't have the same amount of staff because we're not putting the same amount of output out or getting the same amount of business traffic. So, this is when, so for, from November, the government will help subsidise jobs where workers are working at least one third of their hours. So people who are now part-time and they have to work at least a third of their hours, government will help along with the employer top up your wages. So let's say the employee works a third of their hours. So if you're working a third of your hours, you're getting a third of your pay, right? Well, the government and the employer, so let's say the employer is, I don't know, a Border Biscuits, the government and Border Biscuits will work together to put up a an extra third of your salary. The remaining third, boy, you're forgoing it. But before, you're only getting one third of your potential salary, but now you're getting two thirds of your potential salary. Does that make sense? So employers are not able to, the employees, the employees that currently aren't working no hours, they're not, they unfortunately aren't part of this scheme. So if you've been made redundant or whatever, this doesn't apply to you unfortunately 
This is open for workers across the UK, even if you weren't part of the job retention scheme. So even if you weren't put on furlough, you just put on um, part-time hours of at least a third, you are eligible for this scheme. There are other help that's on the way. So the government will also give firms £1,000 for every furloughed employee they kept on up until the least end of January. So if you've kept 50 employees on furlough all the way up until the 31st of January, the government will give you £50,000, £1,000 per each employee. The government also giving you £1.5k for every out-of-work 16-24, 16-24-year-old given a high-quality six-month working six-month work placement. And there's also another £2,000 for every under-25 apprentice taken on up until the end of January, and 1.5k for every apprentice that's above the age of 25. So these are some of the bits and pieces that Rishi Sunak is still keeping on with his winter economic plan. Now, back to um, the job retention thing. The, the, job, no, I mean, the job support scheme. With the job support scheme, the government are contributing to a maximum of 22% of wages. So this is significantly um, less than the initial 80% in the job retention scheme. So the government's contribution to employees' wages has dropped dramatically and it's even a third of the 60% that they're still giving you in October. The government estimate that uh, in between two to four million of part-time workers should be supported by the scheme. So that's quite a lot of people that is actually imp um, impacting. And in terms of the estimated cost, they are estimating 300 million pounds per month per every one million. So if there's two million, that will cost 600 million. If there's four million people, that will cost 1.2 billion per month. Small and medium-sized businesses are eligible for the scheme. So those these are the companies that the scheme is completely and utterly viable for. If you're a larger company, it's like well, they let's, let's say it's a Microsoft or something, they could only be eligible for the scheme if their turnover has dropped during the crisis. So if the amount of money you're bringing in has dropped during the crisis, then yeah, the government will be like, okay, cool, you could jump on the scheme. But if it hasn't, nah, it's not for you. You don't handle your ish. The Chancellor has also announced that, the remember I said prior, no, not too long ago, maybe late July or whatever, that um, with the Eat Out to Help Out scheme, there was also a reduction of VAT. So for restaurants, hotels and cinemas, VAT was reduced from 20% to 5%. Now, he's saying this is going to continue up until the end of March, so March 31st, 2021. So this is to get their prices down to keep people coming in and try to keep that element of the economy still thriving, although you have now shut the doors till 10 p.m. effectively. And this will cost obviously the government 800 million pounds. So if you tally up the cost of the job um, support scheme, as well as help for um, self-employment, which I want to talk about in a bit, and the VAT trimmings, this the winter economic plan is estimated to cost approximately potentially should i say 10 billion pounds so it is a big contribution but not quite as big as a 39 billion pounds job support scheme contribution with all the all, all the other loans so the government announced um the support for self-employed will continue so they said they will give you 20 percent of your average monthly trading profits so what you're making on average in terms of profit or in terms of prof as we say in the streets you're gonna get 20 percent from the government this is down significantly because early in the pandemic, so we're talking March, April times when Rishi Shanak was coming out, just handing out money like, like it was Monopoly. The self-employed were entitled to 70 to 80% of their trading profits 
on average. So now it's gone down by 50, 60%. So similar to the job retention scheme, it went down from 80% to a maximum of 22%. Same here with um, the self-employment um, support. Also, the government had all these different low schemes like the C-bills, the BBLs, and that's not um, for you instabadies, that's um, business, um, buy and bounce back loans, um, coronavirus, business interruption loans, etc. There was four different types of loan schemes and government has now extended these loan schemes to end of November. And in terms of the bounce back loans, so the BBLs, the payments could, uh, could be extended from six years now to 10 years, and this will cut back repayments by 40%. So here's some of the economic help that Rishi Sunak has um, come to give the streets them. Obviously, this is nowhere near as astronomical and as revolutionary as the previous uh, economic intervention. And I think this has changed because then everything lock off. When in a national lockdown, everything was shut down. Now things have come back up and open. So now most of your shops are open. There's nothing really that outside of clubs, for example, there's not a lot of stuff that isn't open. And obviously going to concerts and going to sports and events. A lot of stuff is now open. A lot of companies now come back to work. So I'm, I'm, the, the feeling from the government is that astronomical, um, vast level of economic support and intervention is not as needed now. But we may have a very, very tough winter. So people are like, hmm, okay, cool, we hear it, but is it really enough? And obviously, the government have now started to roll back some of the lockdown easings. As I said before, in the previous podcast, weddings are going from 30 max to now 15. Um, you can only be in groups of six. You can, um, what's it called? Shops are now, uh, certain shops are now closing at 10 p.m. Like there's been a rolling back and that's because we've seen, which I want to talk about in a second, cases and cases go up and up and up. So if we get into more of a lockdown scenario and Boris is saying these his most recent measures could be prolonged for six months. How much impact is this government um, intervention going to have across winter, which could be very tough? That remains to be seen. Do you get? And there is some um, interest. So now we're talking about what the data shows currently. So as of yesterday, hold on, let me get up on my computer again because I can't remember the numbers off the top of my head for once. Um, so as of Saturday 26th of September, the daily cases of people tested positive is 6,042. This is not as big as Friday's, which was 6,400 or something. And the deaths were 34,000, which is still way too high, but relatively low compared to historic figures, like in, especially in April. So that's taken a death total to 41,971. And if you look at the data, what you see is like, Obviously, from February, it's gone up. And then around April, May, it was at its peak. And then it came all the way down to July and it started to plateau in August. Now it's slowly creeping up again. Slowly creeping up. Hence why the government is announcing these measures because the deaths are starting to creep up. Although they are very, very low, relatively. I'm not saying these lives do not matter. They do. But in terms of like scale, they were very low, but it's starting to creep up, hence why the government announced those measures. And that's similar with cases. We saw the cases being extremely high in April, May, and it came all the way down into July. And then the cases start to creep up, creep up, creep up, creep up. And in, in September, it, it has exploded, exploded. But due to the nature of the people c contracting the virus, the death hasn't spoke, haven't, haven't um, spiked to the same degree 
as the cases. Now, some interesting is that the north of England has a higher case rate compared to other parts of the country. So if you look at London, London, where London suffered the most from coronavirus in terms of cases and deaths, the cases for per 100,000 in London, as of the 13th of September, you're looking at just over 20 per 100,000. Now, if you're looking at the Northwest, you're looking at around 65 per 100,000. So more than three times the rate. So this is very, very interesting. So you're seeing more COVID cases in the North of England compared to the, to the South. Now, if you look at percentage of weekly tests of combat positive, in London, of course, it's like just just above four percent. In the southwest, it's a lot less. It's underneath two percent, but in the northwest, it is almost eight percent. So, and then, so London. Um, in terms of hospital admissions, they're all pretty similar, but London is still slightly less. So we were seeing a, a north-south divide in 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 the impact of coronavirus. There isn't really a single answer for why the North has been affected more. And um, some people are saying it could be due to what happened over the summer and the, and the timing of the easing restrictions in May. But um, the mayor of Greater Manchester, Andy, Andy Burnham, described the approach for coronavirus being London-centric. So that's why we're seeing less damage in London as of recent. So this is all pretty, pretty interesting. And another thing I wanted to update the streets on is um, what you've heard me speak at nauseam and you've heard my, my genius friends, my guy, love him to bits, my boy, Dr. Lee. And he was speaking on what could be potentially coming. And that is a plan to, sh to shield 45 year olds at home. So say scientists, so these are the, the boffins that give governments scientific advice. So this is their plan for everyone over the age of 45 to shield at home, which will affect, of course, two thirds of households in the UK. And this remains under um, under review and Marston office is also under review. But me, Leroy, um, if they're bare people that have been onto this coronavirus thing from the jump have been saying this makes sense. People who are younger, especially those working um, that living alone, are not going to be as affected from coronavirus. The data shows the most significant factor in COVID in terms of fatalities, in terms of hospitalizations and effects is age. Then you've got underlying health conditions. Also, gender-wise, guys tend to get it worse, but I think they're more likely to have underlying health conditions. So the common sense is, don't complete, because we had a longer lockdown. We were later to almost everybody to lockdown and our lockdown was even longer. That's why we got hit harder than all our age mates in terms of economic impacts. But if we were allowing people like this, having a phased and a more bespoke lockdown, maybe the economic impact, no, not maybe, definitely, the economic impact won't have been as bad and we'd have been able to have people out on the streets more from the beginning. So this is something to watch out for watch out for i might write on it this week but yeah that's it for this week you're going to get your covid and just general news updates on my instagram so if you're not if you're bored of going to the you know what i mean going to bbc and sky news and daily mirror daily mail and just seeing bare race <laughs> racist comments or you just want to get straight to the point follow at this on instagram you will get regular posts especially on coronavirus and maybe some other stuff that will tickle your fancy 
from this week coming forward so make sure you check me out on instagram i'm on twitter underscore nomics and most importantly patreon sign up to patreon let's get this nomics as a platform to be useful bigger and kind of take on the sky news and the bbc's and blumbos of this world to give the people the news that they actually want to hear the news that they and why it matters to them and not a bunch of mumbo jumbo but yeah until next week people peace and blessings stay safe Podcast Network.